guys, gals, and anyone who identifies otherwise, and welcome back to the Table of Terror podcast. My name is Kamiko, you can call me Miku if you like, and I am the creator and host of this podcast that you're listening to right now. Yes, this one. If you're new, hi, welcome. Pull up a seat at the table, join us for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, somewhere between there usually, and uh, learn some spooky stuff. Today for episode 9 of this podcast, we are going to be talking about the closet game. Now, from what I've been able to gather, the closet game has kind of an unknown origin, but it was part of Creepypasta, which if you don't know, was a website and forum for people to share short, scary stories. Um, And... So, so the closet game kind of, I think, started as a creepypasta, and creepypastas kind of now are known as urban legend like machines. Uh, there's there's so much emphasis and and clout and people invested in creepypasta that um, maybe there's sort of some manifestation or tulpa phenomenon that happens with with that site. But uh, whatever the reason, once the closet game showed up on Creepypasta, it was copy and pasted all over the internet and became this huge thing. I think the first video I saw of any sort of YouTuber uh, trying to play the closet game was Shane Dawson. But since then, tons of people have done it. Sam Goldbach has done it with his friends. Like a a bunch. If you go to YouTube and you type in the closet game, there's going to be pages of videos of humans doing these stupid, stupid things. But something that I think is really interesting about the closet game is that it kind of plays on this basic human fear of the boogeyman, the monster in the closet, the monster under the bed. And I mean, there's throughout the world, there are versions of this entity, right? Of the boogeyman, you know, in in the better part of Latin America, I think it's referred to as El Cucoy. Um, I mean, Germany has the Butzeman, uh, Bowman is, uh, the Netherlands version of it, I think. The Netherlands or Sweden, one of those, I don't know. But what I'm trying to get at is there are so many different versions of this same entity that who's to say there isn't some validity to that kind of primal fear we all have of this monster in the dark places of our homes. And I actually heard a paranormal investigator talking about this not too long ago. Um, I forget his name off the top of my head, but if, I'll, I'll go ahead and leave um, the YouTube link for the family in the, in the show notes here, because this man in particular that I'm talking about owns a haunted pizzeria with his family in Utah, I believe. And he said in one of his videos that... It was so interesting to him that so many children have this fear of the monster in the closet or the monster under the bed. And he said, you know, we already know that children are more open to the supernatural world at large and that they are open in a way that 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 
is somehow closed off when we, when we as people reach a certain age. And he said, what are the odds that all of these children are actually lying? Aren't the odds better that there really is something about those spaces that are unnerving and scary? And that's why it's such a big thing throughout all of these cultures? Anyway, if that didn't turn you off to playing this paranormal game already, I'm gonna probably going to give you a few more warnings not to play this paranormal game. Because it's just ridiculous. Like, why do we put ourselves in these positions anyway? Why, does th- why do these things even exist for us to try and do? Is it just like a pissing contest? Like, oh, just to see if if something bad happens? Like, why, why would you go out and... Here, look... here's what I'm trying to say. You, by doing this paranormal game, you are kind of calling on an entity. I'm going to call it a demonic force because I don't have a better term for it, and that is the kind of entity that I believe this to be. But unlike the paranormal game I talked about in the last episode, which you should probably go listen to, it was all about the dry bones ritual. Unlike a ritual like that, when you when you play the closet game, there is no wish. There is no way to win. There is it it is just simply uh finding the monster in the closet. I mean, liter- that is that is actually what happens with the closet game. So, I've taken it upon myself to explain how these rituals slash paranormal games are supposed to go so that if if you decide that you are going to try and do something like this you are at least informed in the proper way to do it because I would I would absolutely hate for someone to think that they knew what they were doing and have it be wrong and have something awful happen so I am going to explain what you need to play the closet game, what is supposed to happen as you go about it, and then I'm going to share some people's experiences of what happened to them and what has been happening to them after the fact. So this is what you're going to need. Essentially, all you're going to need is a closet and one match. Um, you can play this with more than one person. If you play with more than... Let, let's see, there's um, two people playing the closet game together. You're going to need a closet, first of all, large enough to hold two people. And then two matches, so one match per person. Um, and I would suggest... Do, doing this is a bad idea because there are things in your closet that are flammable, obviously. Uh, so be aware of fire hazards. Um, if you have a large closet that doesn't have a bunch of stuff that's gonna get in the way and possibly be a fire hazard when you light the match. Maybe don't do it in that location. Maybe do it somewhere else. Maybe, hey, maybe don't do it at all. I know, crazy thought, but, you know, I'm gonna keep warning you not to do shit like this. But anywho, all you need is a closet and a match. I would also recommend some sort of fire retardant fire extinguisher if you're really gonna do something like this because you never know what's gonna happen and better safe than sorry, right? And now that you know the basics, you know what you need to play the closet game, let's get into the instructions. So first off, 
you're going to begin this ritual at night. You're going to make sure that the room is dark. So turn off all the lights. Make sure that the blinds are closed, that no light can come in accidentally. Because you need the room to be dark, dark. Then you're going to make sure that you have the match on your body, on your person. Okay? You're going to open the closet, step in, and close the door. It is important to make sure that no light is visible inside the closet or outside the closet. So you don't want any light coming in and you don't want any light getting out. Which you shouldn't if your closet light is turned off. So, again, close your blinds, black out your curtains, do whatever you gotta do to make sure there's no light at all. And then, uh, <laughs> you're just gonna stand in the dark for a minimum of like two minutes. Don't move, don't speak, just stand there in your dark closet that you are probably afraid of because that is one of our <laughs> inherent fears, apparently, as the human species. And after your two minutes are up, you are going to hold your unlit match out in front of you and say the following, show me the light or leave me in darkness. Listen closely. If you hear whispers, light the match immediately and wait. If you don't hear anything, do not turn around. Just wait. If you're still unscathed up to this point, open the closet door and leave. Close it behind you. Do not look in the closet. In fact, you probably should try not to ever look in the dark closet ever again. Uh, maybe if the lights are on and it's bright, but never in the dark. So again, maybe don't do this in your own home, in your own closet. I know some people that I've seen do this and um, have recorded videos of them, of, of their, like, for lack of a better word, gameplay. Um, they rented an Airbnb or went to a hotel, which it's kind of dumb to haunt somebody else's space, but I also wouldn't suggest you doing this in your own space. So hey, this comes back, we're circling around to the part where I tell you not not simply just don't don't do this. Don't play this game. Don't try this ritual. Everyone's safer if you don't. But that is pretty much the end of the game itself. Some people have said that weird stuff happens at night if the closet door is left open after trying the closet game. Again, I, I wouldn't recommend looking in the closed closet with the lights off. If you do, some sources say that you might see two points of light in the darkness that look like glowing red eyes. Uh, but they might not be eyes, but they could be. I, I don't know. I guess this is a, one of those play-at-your-own-risk kind of games. All, I mean, all of these rituals are. Um, uh, yeah, let's... <laughs> let me segue into some people's experiences who've actually played the closet game and just in case you're curious um i'm going to be leaving some videos in the show notes of people playing the closet game that way you can kind of see how it's done for yourself in a in a visual format not just um, audio and um you can decide for yourself whether you think it's bogus or real uh, but again i would suggest not playing this game 
if you really want to be entertained by the closet game, go watch someone else's video because it's not worth it. I have a Reddit user here by the name of Muffin Tay who posted her experience playing the closet game uh, a year ago based on what Reddit is saying. And this is posted in Reddit No Sleep, which is a fantastic Reddit thread. If you are not familiar with it, you should go familiarize yourself with it. I'll leave it in the show notes. Um, so this is Muffin Tay's experience. This post reads, I hate paranormal games. And when I say hate, I mean hate. For my 15th birthday, I didn't want to have anything big. I'm a little antisocial, so I decided to just have a sleepover with a few close friends, so it was me and three other girls. I won't give their names for privacy reasons. Um, And then they describe how you're supposed to play the game. I'm going to skip that part and go right into the actual gameplay for her. So she says, I was scared poopless. I didn't want to play this game. The girl that wanted to did it first. It lasted for about five minutes, and then she came out. She claimed that she felt uneasy, but nothing else. Of course, I should have known that this game was fake, right? The second girl went and came out about within five minutes as well. She said that she felt uneasy and heard a couple of thuds, but that it was probably nothing. I wasn't scared at this point, so I volunteered to go next. I brought a match and entered the dark, cold closet. Shivers went down my spine and I started trembling. I lied to myself. I was scared. I stood there for two minutes and said, show me the light or leave me in darkness. A minute passed and I was about to say it again when I felt cold fingertips brush against my arm. I had an urge to turn around, but I knew I couldn't. Then I heard it, whispering. I quickly lit my match. It was so hard to do because my hands were so shaky, and after I lit it, I slowly opened the closet door and walked out, careful not to break any rules of the game. I dared not turn around. My friends looked at me expectantly, and I told them what happened. My friend that hadn't gone in yet was a skeptic and said that she didn't believe me, and the other girls were convinced. The skeptic girl was the last to go, and she didn't have a trace of fear on her face. She went in, and we left the room until we heard her open the door again. Here's the thing. It took her seven minutes to come out. Everyone before her, me and the other two girls, had only taken five minutes. When she opened the door, it wasn't slow. It was like she almost broke the door down. Her eyes were huge as she slammed the door shut behind her. Then she saw us. She looked shocked to see us, and then quickly regained composure like she was trying to hide something. She looked at us and said that she wasn't feeling well and wanted to go home. We were confused. She was completely fine before the game. Fine. She told my mom, and then she got her stuff ready to leave. Before she walked out of the door, she whispered something in my ear that I will never forget. She said, Never play the closet game again. It was better to be left in darkness than to see their light. I listened to her, and I haven't played it since. I never saw that girl again. What scares me the most is that even though the timer said that she had spent seven minutes in the closet, 
I had no idea whether she actually spent that much time in there or more. Now, I find that last sentence really interesting because this Reddit user is kind of alluding to the fact that maybe she got sucked into another dimension or something like that. Like there was some sort sort of weird time warp. Maybe her friend was in there for longer than she actually was. I don't know. Um, that's that's the end of that post. There aren't any follow-ups that I that I can see. So um, shout out to Muffin Tay for sharing your your uh, story on Reddit. Let's see if I can find another experience kind of like that. All right, here is another closet game experience that I found in Reddit No Sleep. This is by the user Medical for Life, and this was as of rec- the day of recording. This was posted 271 days ago, and it's titled "The Ritual That Ruined My Life." Do you believe in the monster under the bed? How about the monster in the closet? No? Well, neither did I, until one Saturday night back in October 2014. I was 17 years old at the time, and I was in the prime of my life. It was also nearing my favorite holiday of the year, Halloween. Well, it was my favorite day of the year. I was so happy that day for a few reasons. My parents were out of town for a week, I had the house to myself, and I was in my senior year of high school. It was meant to be one of the best months of my life, but it quickly turned into the worst decision of my life. I was sitting in my room, which was no longer than an apart- no larger than an apartment bedroom, playing Battlefield 3 and eating some pizza that I had ordered. Playing with the volume on 50% made the gaming experience that much better. I became so involved in the game that I didn't realize the sun was beginning to set. My concept of time was almost non-existent. Eventually, I ended the game and turned my system off due to becoming ill-tempered with all the quote-unquote campers constantly killing me over and over again. After setting the controller down, I turned around to notice that the sun was setting on the horizon. There was a beautiful golden yellow tint that covered the sky. I stretched my body out and threw away the pizza box in the trash can outside. Upon returning inside my house, I started to hum, This is Halloween, this is Halloween, trying to decide what to do next. I'll just watch some spooky videos, I said. I walked back into my room and sat down on the bed to grab my phone. Surely watching scary videos couldn't do any harm, right? The question crossed my mind as my thumbs popped up the YouTube app. Videos ranging from scary pop-ups to exploring haunted places was the perfect combination. Whoa, I can't speak. Apparently, was the perfect combination to getting into the Halloween mood. One video in particular caught my attention. I pray to God every day to go back in time and stop myself from watching that damn video. Anyway, there was a video of a YouTuber trying the closet game ritual. He had to grab a box of matches, stand in his closet for two minutes, and say the phrase. Afterwards, he could hear whispering, and then would have to light one of the matches and walk out without turning around. I was intrigued, yet skittish to watch. After the night ended, I had a slight case... Oh, after the video ended, I had a slight case of goosebumps and shrugged it off as a staged video. 
To lighten the mood before going to bed, I decided to watch some stand-up comedy. The sun was now gone, and the sky was dimly lit. Hours must have gone by while watching stand-up, because when I looked outside, the sky was engulfed by a lifeless, dark night with eerie puffs of clouds partially covering the half-moon. I turned the television off and was about to go to bed. However, the curiosity of whether or not that closet video was real or fake continued to boggle my mind. Screw it. My feet began to move almost as if I didn't have any control of them as it guided me towards the kitchen. I grabbed a box of matches and made my way back towards my darkened room. Boy, you better stop now. I don't like this at all for you. I stopped and hesitated in front of my closet, which was a small walk-in closet with a pivoting door and a generic doorknob. Sucking in a large amount of air, I inched my way into the closet and closed the door. Grabbing a match and holding it in front of me, I began to wait for the two minutes. Counting in my head seemed to take, make minutes turn into hours. Adrenaline started to pump through my veins as I neared the two-minute mark. My fingers began to tingle, and one even became numb. 157, 158, 159, two. I then said the phrase that still gives me anxiety. Show me the light, or leave me in darkness. Silence. Nothing but silence. No whispers, nothing falling off the shelves, not even a generic boogeyman showing up. Before I could even make a sigh of relief, I heard something I never thought I would hear. A deep, low growl came from behind me. Uh, It sounded as if it was right next to my ear. I was screaming profanity like there was no tomorrow. I struggled to light the match, but my hands were too shaky to even keep it steady. The match finally struck the box correctly and lit. Tears were streaming down my eyes, and I carefully made my way out of the closet and slammed the door behind me. I blew out the match and ran out of my room. Minutes passed as I finally regained my bearings. My head turned to the clock that was on the wall, and I realized it was around 2300. I cleared my eyes of my tears and headed back towards my room. Coming to terms with what had happened, my brain started to formulate reasonable explanations for what did happen. Uh, The house I lived in was old, and sometimes it did creak. Yes, that must have been it. The house was just making noise. Nothing to worry about, it's just the house making noise. Old houses make noise, right? It's just an old house, an old house that, hey, makes noise. I walked back into my room to find the closet door closed and the match still on the floor. Just an old house, just an old house. Old houses make noise. I repeated those words over and over as I picked up the match and threw it away. I cautiously made my way back towards my bed and pulled the blankets over my body. Later that night, I slept for about mm, four hours before waking up to the sound of my closet door creaking open. Oh my god, I have the goosebumps and like, actually, me, Kamiko, I have the goosebumps reading this. Okay. My heart skipped a couple of beats, or I might as well just have stopped in general because it felt like I couldn't breathe. I slowly turned my head around to face my closet. Staring right back at me were two blood-red glowing eyes. I froze in my place. 
I couldn't look away. I, I couldn't scream. I couldn't do anything. My eyes were glued to those red dots. They were not blinking or even moving. A massive chill ran down my spine as I noticed my room growing colder. I soon broke free from this trance and did the only thing I knew how to do. I pulled the covers over my face so that I, I couldn't see anything. That helped for a minute or two, but unfortunately, as soon as I started to calm down a bit, I felt weight on my body as if somebody had laid on top of me. I panicked, and within an instant I could see the same two red eyes burning its glow through the blanket that was, that was over me. I began to cry and scream, and eventually pulling the blankets down, I screamed, Go away! I looked around the room to find it was empty, and my closet door was closed. I looked at my phone really quick and noticed that it was 3.35 in the morning. My heart sank, and I passed out. Daytime came, and I woke up again. I pulled my blankets down and immediately looked at my closet door that was still closed. Was that a dream? I said, shaking my head in disbelief. I walked out of my room and went about my day, trying to forget what had happened during the night. Upon evening's arrival, I had cheered up some and had even begun to laugh a bit. I figured it must have just been a dream and nothing more. Night quickly approached and it was rapidly nearing my bedtime. I didn't want to be too tired for school the next day, so I tucked myself into bed and watched a couple of animal videos before falling asleep. Similarly to the previous night, I woke up to the sound of my closet door steadily opening. My eyes darted open and my heart started to race. This is just a dream, I said. Just look at the eyes and you'll wake up, just like last night. My lips were quivering with fear, but I closed my eyes looked at the closet door, and opened them back up. Nothing. What I saw was nothing. A massive amount of air escaped my lungs as I laughed, and I said it was nothing all along. Well, my smile soon faded as I turned back around and saw a dark silhouette of a person crouched in the corner of my room as if it had been watching me all night. Most terrifyingly of all, it had white holes where its eyes should be. It didn't move, it didn't speak, and it didn't even blink. Two soulless white holes staring into mine. Go away, I screamed at it. Leave me alone. I was too frightened to get up and leave. Please, God, leave me alone. After I said that, it retreated back into my closet, and once again, I passed out. A large ringtone jingle woke me up. My alarm had gone off. I remember after turning off my alarm, so I, I just grabbed my shoes and my backpack and I ran as fast as I could out of my room. I drove myself to school and I could not have been happier to get out of that house. I can't remember all of the details, but at school that day, they had a Bible study group that came and visited during the lunch hour. And I went, spent the entire duration of lunch with a group, I even bought myself a crucifix that was blessed by a priest. Never had I thought I would be so happy to be at school. But in the end, as the old saying goes, all things must come to an end. The final bell for school rang, and it was time for me to head back home. I finally got home and walked into my room. 
I threw my backpack down on the floor and just stared at my closet door. I walked to the garage and grabbed a nail and hammer and made my way back. Only one? You only grabbed one nail? I put my cross from my backpack. Oh, I pulled my cross from my backpack. Oh, I see what he's doing here. And walked up to my closet. I hammered the nail in about halfway or so before putting the cross on it. Once I did, I felt a massive temperature change in my room. It was no longer cold and lifeless feeling like it had been before. Instead, it was a warmer, comforting feeling. Please, God, forgive me for what I had done, I said. Nighttime rolled around as I tucked myself into bed. I was scared to think of what might happen this time. Once more, I watched some animal videos before going to bed. I slept, finally, and woke up again, but this time, it wasn't to the sound of my closet door opening. It was the sound of my alarm going off, reminding me to get ready for school. I'm sorry that I'm messing up this thing so much. Apparently, I can't read out loud. But I digress. It says, I believe about a month went by without any occurrences happening, aside from the usual hauntings we have at our house. I finally was able to go back into my closet without fear. Everything was getting better as well. My parents were back. It was almost Thanksgiving, and I was getting back to my normal life. However, the dreams I had continued to plague me. I remember one of the mornings I woke up and did my normal routine before school. I walked into my closet to grab a new pair of clothes when I must have accidentally bumped into my closet door and knocked the crucifix off because I heard a loud thud on the floor. When I looked down, I saw it laying on the ground, but before I could react, I felt the overwhelming and all-too-familiar, lifeless, cold temperature surround me. Chills ran down my arms and legs. The small light on the ceiling flickered before burning out. I screamed. Before being able to run out, the door in front of me slammed shut. I tried turning the doorknob and ramming the door open, but it wouldn't budge. I heard that heart-wrenching sound of a low, deep growl coming from behind me and didn't dare to turn around. Instead, I dropped to my knees and started to recite the Lord's Prayer as best I could. Upon finishing it, the door unlocked and I quickly ran out with my hands shaking and my heart beating out of my chest. I slammed the door and put the cross back up, promising to never let it fall again. After that, I never had any more bad experiences with my closet, just dreams every night. I graduated high school and moved to college for my nursing assistant license. I moved shortly after into a new house and began working at a hospital. Never again did I mess with rituals, though at my new place, I still have a cross on my closet door because it gives me a sense of comfort, and I never know if whatever that thing was decided to follow me. Please, if you're reading this, hey, I am, I'm reading this. I beg of you, do not, under any circumstance, play the closet ritual. That's all caps, guys. Uh, he really means it. I, I warned you, And I do not hold any accountability if you play this game. But if you want to keep your sanity and your life in order, do not play this game or any other rituals. That is straight out of the horse's mouth, you guys. This is a person who said that he played this closet game 
and quite honestly, uh, had an awful time. This is so terrifying. I mean, the way that he described not only the growl and the cold and all of that, but that he saw something crouched in his room is so incre- I have the chills. I have the chills all over my body right now as I was reading this, as I am still talking about it. That is purely terrifying. So please take my advice, take his advice. Don't mess around with rituals. Because what if you actually do see the monster hiding in your closet? Okay, guys, gals, and envy pals. Um, that is episode 9 of the Table of Terror podcast. One more time, my name is Kamiko. You can call me Miku if you'd like, and I am the creator and host of this podcast. If you enjoyed and would like to support the podcast in any sort of way, the easiest way for you to do so is to like, subscribe, share the podcast with your friends, do whatever it is on whatever podcatching app that you're listening to this on, and, and do the things. Another way that you can do it if you want to support the show monetarily is to go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash tableofterrorpod. I will, of course, leave all the links for everything in the show notes in the description. And uh, if you would like to get in touch with the podcast, if you would like to send us an email, any of that stuff, cool, 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 you can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at tableofterrorpod with an underscore after it. It'll be in the show notes. You can find me, Kamiko, hi, that's me, on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch and basically everything at Miko Rios. That's M-E-K-O-R-I-O-S. And uh, on YouTube as Fangirl Reacts. I'll leave the link for that in the description as well. But what I really want to say is... Um, don't play the closet ritual and beware of the monster in your closet. In the meantime, uh, I hope that you're all having a great day, whatever time of the day it is when you're listening to this. And I will be here back with you soon, hopefully, for episode 10. We've got another ritual coming up. I believe it's going to be Bloody Mary. Should be fun. But in the meantime, don't forget to take care of yourselves. Wash your hands, cover your mouth when you sneeze. And uh, don't stock up on toilet paper and water because, like, what about the people at risk who are most at risk that aren't going to be able to have necessities because y'all are being crazy and stocking up on things that aren't emergency supplies? Anyway, the other thing that I would like you to know, it's actually a reminder, uh, a reminder to drink water because it's good for your body. Okay, bye.